Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. So I want to talk about Apple Podcasts quickly. I have one more five-star rating or review to get me that little black legitimacy star on Apple Podcasts. So if you have not given me that five-star review or rating yet, please do that right now. All you need to do is you need to just scroll down to the page where all the episodes are. And at the bottom, you will see stars outlined in purple. Just hit on five stars and that's it. That'll take you maybe five seconds of your time. If you want to be extra supportive, please write me a five-star review and that will take you less than a minute of your time and it really helps build this metaphysical community. It helps people find this podcast. It's a big deal. It's free to you and it really supports me. And if you've gained any knowledge or value from any of these episodes, I would really appreciate it. So thank you so much. And also wherever you listen, five-star review and rating. Thank you. Today we are discussing how I inadvertently opened a portal and how it's increased my metaphysical development. And also coupled with that, how this past Mercury retrograde from April 21st through May 14th, 2023 has also stepped up my spiritual development even more so, some of it not in the best way. <laughs> uh, this Mercury retrograde has been just crazy for everyone I've talked to, and I don't know why it's just been, whew, so we will talk about that. I am recording on Mother's Day, so I just want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who take care of humans, who take care of their fur babies, and also if you are a spiritual earth mother, happy Mother's Day to all of you. Okay, so ever since I recorded season three, episode five, how to avoid a psychic or medium scam, I swear to you, I opened a portal. <laughs> I did not mean to. When I was recording the episode in front of me when I record, and this has been like this for three years, there's a chair that sits at the other side of the room. And on the chair, I have a blanket and a pillow. And this pillow has not moved for three years unless someone's taken it and uses it for the couch. If someone wants to lay down on the couch, right? We'll use it for that and then put it back, but it's not something where it can easily slip. And I was recording that episode and all of a sudden the pillow started moving and fell to the floor. And I thought that was really strange. I had never done that before. But as I was recording, I just said, okay, weird coincidence, but hey, let's move on, right? Even though I'm a metaphysical person, I know nothing is a coincidence. I'll still say <laughs> it's a coincidence. Shortly after recording that episode, I had an event where I saw a cardinal in an unusual place on my deck. And usually I'll see a bird on my railing. That's not uncommon. The only other time I've seen a cardinal is when there was someone who died who used to be close to my husband, and I think this person held my husband in very high esteem, but they were not connected in human form when he passed away, and this individual in human form had a lot of problems, unfortunately. When he passed away the day after, 
this cardinal came to the railing of my deck and I said to my husband, I believe this is this individual sending you a message that he's okay and please tell this other individual who's highly connected to him that he's okay and all of that. So I hadn't seen a cardinal sense and I don't see cardinals here. It's a rare sighting. I can count twice I've seen them, including that time and then the time I'm about to tell you right now. So shortly after this episode, the psychic medium scam episode, I see a cardinal in a very strange spot. He's in a tree, which I know is not odd, but he's right behind my TV when I was doing yoga and I couldn't miss him no matter if I tried. And again, usually I would see birds on the railing and I know of course birds go in trees, but usually you see them on the railing in my house and I'm staring at him. I'm transfixed by him. My phone is somewhere else. So I go to get my phone. Of course, at that point, <laughs> he had flown away. And at first I thought, okay, it's the person who was originally connected to that original cardinal. But then I said, no, I don't think it's him. I think it's actually my friend's deceased son. I was getting that person's energy. So I texted my friend, told her, and she said, oh, that's really interesting. And she said, I haven't had any signs yet, but I'll let you know if I do. A few hours later, I get a text from her that she saw a cardinal, she and her husband, and that they never see cardinals where they live. And by the way, we don't live anywhere near each other. We both think that it was her son's energy coming through and sending some type of message to her and her family. So I thought that was incredible. We moved my dad during this time into assisted living. It, we, I'm sorry, I mean my husband and my brother, we packed my dad and moved him in. My dad wasn't there at the assisted living. He was at my brother's house, but we were just, you know, moving everything in. So my dad didn't have to. I had this little clock that I grabbed from my dad's house that was on his nightstand. And it was this little digital clock thing. And I said to my brother, I said, can you please um, configure this so it tells the right time? Because I didn't have time. I was doing other things. And he said, yeah, no problem. So he's trying to configure it and he can't. It won't get off the alarm. And so he shows it to me. He's like, it won't get off the alarm. And it's saying 324. And no matter what he tries, it will not get off 324. And I just said, okay, whatever. We'll figure it out later. Put it down. You know, a few hours later, we're cleaning, we're doing all these things. I have completely lost track of time. I couldn't tell you if we got there at nine in the morning, if we got there at one in the afternoon. I was just so focused on my task that I wasn't worried about any of that. So I said to my brother, I said, hey, could you tell me what time it is? And he goes, it's 324. And I said, no, 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 not the alarm, like on your cell phone. And he said, it's 324. And I said, don't you think that's crazy <laughs> that you can't get this alarm off of 324 and the one time in hours I ask you for the time, it's 324. And he said, yeah, that's really weird. And I said to him, I think mom is here because our mom had passed away a year and a half ago. And I think she was happy that my father was finally moving into assisted living because I think he'll be much happier there. I really felt that her spirit was there. And then I returned home later that day. And we have a diffuser in my bedroom because the three dogs sleep with us. 
And, you know, sometimes it smells like dogs. <laughs> I have this really nice essential oil I put in water and I diffuse it. And there's all these lights on the diffuser. So it does this whole light show. I can tell you 100% that morning the diffuser was done because what happens is, is I do that whole diffuser at night. I start around 7, 8 p.m. at night and then it goes for five hours. I always put it on the five hour setting and then it's done. Never do it during the day. Never do it for more than five hours. I came back from being away from the house. We were away from the house for 12, 14 hours doing the whole packing thing with my dad. And the diffuser lights were on. The diffuser was not on, but its lights were on. And I can tell you right now, even if I had by accident put it on the 10-hour setting, we had left our house at something like 6 in the morning. And by the time I was back in that bedroom, it was 9 p.m. at night. So there's no way it could have even done that. So somehow the lights came on by themselves. And I really feel that was my mom's energy. That was my mom's way of saying that she was happy that we did this for my dad and that it's the right decision for everyone involved. I don't know if you guys remember that when my mom passed away that night, all of a sudden in the fireplace, the fire started unexpectedly. So I think she likes to do something with light. <laughs> so there's something she, I don't know, she's attracted to that. And I'm trying to think about the human she was in real life. If she had a thing with light, I don't think she did. I remember she used to read with a little reading light, but besides that, I, you know, it's not like my mom was a sun baby or sun worshiper or, or was into, I don't know, lasers or something. <laughs> she wasn't into any of that, but in the spiritual realm, she likes to connect in this way. In addition to everything going on with all that, in my house, which I've said many times, it's a very metaphysical house. It's a very old house. Parts of this house are from the 1700s. The main part of this house is from 19, the 1930s. It was funny because I did this whole deep dive. If anyone follows me on my vintage um, vintage farm account, I did this whole deep dive into how old our water heater is. And I believe I found the answer and it's from 1957. And I put it up on the, <laughs> on the Instagram. So, I mean, we're talking, it's an old house, just the water heater is from 1957, which we're well aware that we need to get that change. <laughs> That's one of the things we hope to get changed this year. But anyway, so in the house, I've been experiencing the time slips of others. In other words, I don't think I'm time slipping, but other people are time slipping in the house or other spirits or whatever you want to call. I have heard people walking. I've heard doors, not slamming, but shutting. I've heard mysterious sounds that I have never heard in this house before, the other night, I heard pots and pans moving. And yes, that could be a mouse. I've had that happen before. I've had a squirrel in my house before this made a lot of noise. I understand it could absolutely 100% be a mouse. So for this instance, I am not discounting that it could be a huge mouse. I understand that 100%. But it would have had to been a pretty big mouse to make all that noise. So I followed the sound. It was behind my refrigerator. My refrigerator is an old-fashioned one. It's very low to the floor. So for a mouse to get in there underneath, it would be extremely difficult. Although I know mice can 
wedge themselves into strange places. I've definitely seen that. But I looked behind the fridge, nothing was there. And I heard the sound of an animal breathing. (laughs) I've... I've been close to mice, unfortunately. I've been close to possums. I've been close to a four-foot-long snake uh, because I live on a farm. I have been close to cows because I own them. I have been close to dogs. I have never heard something breathe like this. I did not feel it was ominous or it was a negative entity. I just felt it was something that had time slipped and I could hear it breathing and the dogs could hear it too. So again, I'm not sure I have never heard or seen or witnessed that you would hear a mouse that you don't see breathing in that way. (laughs) And then along with this, April 21st starts and that is Mercury retrograde, which has been absolutely batshit crazy. I had a dog. His name is Benny. I talked about this extensively on the UC podcast. I have a lot of overlap from that podcast, so I don't know if I want to delve into that so much here. But long story short, my dog Benny, healthiest dog. He's 10 years old. People think he's a puppy. He acts like a puppy. I took him to a physical six weeks before that, said he was healthy as a horse, uh, doing great. Dog's going to live forever. And then all of a sudden, he has this toxic reaction to, hey, there was one Sunday night where he would not move. He was in a very strange spot. He never sits in. He was curled in a very odd little ball position he doesn't sit in normally. He had pretty much no life in his eyes. He would not drink. He would not eat. He would not go out of his doggy door, which he loves doing. And the worst part was he had been hacking for days. It was this horrible hacking cough that made me, I don't know how to say this nicely, but sick to my stomach. It was so gross. It was was, imagine an old man with phlegm coughing all the time. And I felt terrible for him because he wasn't sleeping. He was coughing. He was vomiting on everything. It was just, it was bad. Of course, I took him to the vet. I took him to the vet three times, x-rays, $900 later. They finally figured out they believe it is a toxic reaction to hay or whatever was in there in springtime. Pollen, he may be allergic. Basically, don't keep him in the pastures because he can't handle that. And of course, I contacted the best animal communicator there is, Tracy Shannon, who's been on this podcast, I believe, three times. And she told me that Benny... He wants more attention. He wanted to get my attention that Craig and I, we've been so busy lately. We haven't been spending quality time and he wanted to bring attention to all that, which I acknowledge. And that dog does get a lot of attention. So (laughs) I don't know. I guess he just likes too much attention or as much as he thinks is appropriate in his eyes. So he was very, you know, he was, he was sending me messages When I talked to Tracy, she had told me that he's going to be okay because I talked to her that night where I thought the next morning I was going to have to have a phone call with the vet. Tell me my options for putting this dog down because he was that bad. So uh, Tracy said, no, he's telling me he's going to be fine. He just needs to rest and blah, blah, blah. So I basically drugged the dog (laughs) that night. I gave him a part of the Benadryl because he wasn't sleeping. That was the main problem is he wasn't sleeping. He was hacking all night long, which meant 
I wasn't sleeping. And poor Craig, before his trip, he wasn't sleeping. And by the way, it wasn't kennel cough because my other dogs are fine. Kennel cough is extremely contagious. My other dogs are absolutely fine. And also Benny doesn't go out of this house. Uh, I mean, he goes around the farm, but not out of this house. Kennel cough is for dogs who... They go to doggy daycare, they go to the dog park, they're around other dogs constantly. He's not. So we had ruled that out just so everyone knows. So when Tracy talked to me afterwards, I did an hour of Reiki. I gave him Benadryl. He finally pretty much slept through the night. There were a couple incidents during the night and he was like a new dog the next day. He's been doing better and better and better. He finally, knock on wood, stopped hacking. So that's been amazing too. And we are keeping him out of the pastures. Now, keep in mind that, sorry, this is a little gross, but he was vomiting everywhere. Now, he was vomiting on things like (laughs) blankets, luckily, and we have blankets covering the couches and the beds because we have three dogs, and that's where he was vomiting. We even have blankets on the dog beds, and he was vomiting on them. So what I was doing, because I I drove myself crazy at that point, cleaning, cleaning, washing, washing, that I was just spot cleaning everything. And I said, okay, once he's done with all this, then I will obviously do a deep dive and wash all these blankets. So finally, he's feeling better. So I can start to move on with my life a little because I lost three to four days of work because he was sick. I was going to the vet constantly. I was getting him medicine. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was worried about him. I couldn't concentrate very much. And so finally, when he woke up that morning and he was feeling better, I said, oh, I can finally wash all the blankets. That's the first thing I'm going to do before I get started on all the work that's backed up. And I've had this washer for three and a half years because we moved in the house and the washer, um, you know, came with the house. And I looked up the date of the washer. The washer, they bought it in 2001. It's now 2023. Yes, it's old. It's 22 years old working fine for 22 years. I wish I was kidding. (laughs) I throw the blankets in. I start the washer. It's going through the first cycle. Then it just stops. And I'm trying to mess with it. I'm trying to fix it. Will not run. All this water sitting in the washer. I have to pull this huge heavy blanket out that I can't even believe I was able to pull it out. It was full of water. Water is now everywhere in my my laundry room. It's everywhere. It's under the dryer. It's under the washer. So now I'm having to somehow take this heavy blanket outside so I can hang it over the railing or do something because it's just soaked. And then there's just water everywhere because I'm carrying this thing through the house and blah, blah, blah. So now I have to clean up and now it's two hours to clean up all this water. And I was beside myself. <laughs> I was cursing my brains out. And I talked to my husband about it and he said, oh, what happened was I think the pump went, I think the pump went on the washer and we just have to get a new one. By the way, I forgot to say this. My husband was gone on a trip when this all happened with Benny. So between Benny and the washer, I'm doing everything myself. Of course, The day Craig comes back, Benny's fine. He's hopping around. It's like it never happened. We got a new washer, so everything's fine. (laughs) It was just really frustrating. So then, okay, so then around a week later, my husband has to go away again. And he doesn't usually travel a lot 
for his business because he is the head of his department. But he has a pilot on maternity leave and then he has another pilot in training. Sorry, he, he manages an aviation department. So he has to fly to make up for them, which is totally understandable. And he also wanted to fly on Mother's Day to make sure that his pilots head off for Mother's Day with their wives, which is really extremely nice. And that's what he did. I decided to take the dogs out for a walk. Very normal thing. The weather's been absolutely gorgeous here in New York. So we do it almost every day. The dogs are on leashes. Take them out for a walk. And we have to pass through the pastures where the feeders are. And we have six cows, but three of them are in this other pasture. And they're what I would call older babies. And they're really super cute. And by the way, I mean older babies. They're like 1,200 to 1,400 pounds. So they don't look like a baby, but they are. I'm walking. And all of a sudden, I see a cow's head sticking out of the water tank. The cow, our cow princess had somehow gotten into the water tank and was stuck. 1,200 pound cow, stuck, can't get out. I freak out. I have seen a cow get out of the fencing once, which wasn't that big of a deal. We were able to lure her back in with grain. I have seen a cow get, their head get stuck in a fence. I've seen other weird stuff, but I have never never would think something like this would happen. I would never think a 1,200 pound cow could physically get itself into a water tank. And I would put the picture on Instagram, but my husband won't let me because he said, I don't want people to freak out or think something's wrong with our farm or something like that. So if you want to see a picture of it, you're not allowed to share it, but I will DM DM it to you. And it looks funny because she's in the tank her head's out, the top half of her body, let's just say her head, her neck, and that top half is kind of out. And then she has one hoof and leg hanging out. So it looks funny and it looks like she's taking a bath, but it's not funny. I realize immediately this is a life or death situation. I was shocked. I run into the house, put the dogs in the house because I don't need them uh, screwing with this whole situation. And I called a large animal vet. Luckily, they were able to come out. I am a nightmare on the phone. I mean, I'm not a nightmare as in I'm screaming or rude or anything, but I'm just going hard. I'm saying you have to get someone out here. I don't care what they're doing. This is a life or death situation. I have no idea how to deal with this. My husband, who you guys know very well, is on a trip and someone has to come out. So luckily they got someone out. Luckily, luckily it didn't happen at, you know, midnight on Saturday. It happened at 1.30 PM on, I don't know what day it was, maybe a Wednesday, Thursday. So that was at least some good luck in all of it. I'm trying to keep the cow calm. She is upset. She is trying to get out. She's foaming at the mouth. Uh, we believe she got in there because she wanted to cool off. It got really hot. All of a sudden, our pastures get really hot. She has plenty of shade. I personally think that she overexerted herself somehow. I don't know doing what. And then she wasn't drinking enough water and she wanted to cool off and she got in somehow. Craig thinks that she got her front legs in and then slipped and fell in. Who knows what happened? The big animal vet comes out. We take the ATV and we, what we have to do is we have to put a harness on her head 
and then hook that up to the ATV and pull because we have to pull her to tip the tank over. We're able to do that, thank God. (laughs) The tank tips over, she tips over, and we have to wait till all the water comes out of the tank. She looks shocked. I mean, she just looks on another level, completely shocked what just happened. She looks upset. She's able to get up. She's able to walk around. The big animal that was able to give her a shot of uh, what I would call the cow equivalent to Advil, just in case she was in pain. And she still looks like she's in a little bit of pain. She's doing much better. But I think she was just a combination of traumatized, shocked, embarrassed, and in pain because she could have been sitting in that position for a while. I had fed them at, let's say, 6 a.m. I went out there at 1.30 p.m. So I don't know when she got in there. But the, I don't know if the good news, but the good news of the situation, the big animal that told me, is if God forbid she was on her side the whole time, she probably would have died because when cows lay on their side too much and they're suffocated like that and they can't burp and they can't get out air, then all those chambers, I think they have four chambers in their stomach, it's not good and it's almost like suffocating yourself. So Thank God that didn't happen. Uh, Princess is doing better. She's not 100% herself, but she's acting much more normally. And of course, I called Tracy Shannon and Tracy said to me, here's what happened. She just wanted to cool off. Uh, Just make sure that she's able to regulate her body temperature. If not, you need to get blood work done, which was really good advice. And uh, she said that Princess was really embarrassed, <laughs> you know, said, have a talk with Princess and the whole thing. And I did that. And actually, after I talked to her and told her I wasn't angry with her, I was just really upset that day. I was really shocked and blah, blah, blah. And she was much better. So she's doing she's doing better. She's eating. She's drinking water. She's with her other cow friend. She's doing just fine. So then about, I don't know, two, three hours after that, <laughs> My baby cow, Tyson, the calf, he gets his head stuck in the fence. Not even kidding. Not even kidding. Now, I'd seen this before, so I wasn't upset about that at all. I knew how to get it out. Not a big deal. And luckily, he was able to get his head out. (laughs) And then I forgot one part of the story that I found, again, metaphysically, and again, Mercury retrograde, too coincidental. I have two neighbors who I use as backups in case Craig goes away. And they are both farmers and own cows and can help me if, God forbid, something happens with a cow, a cow gets out or or whatever. They're always like, call us if there's any issues. I called both of them. Both of them were on their tractors and they did not hear my phone call. I sent a couple texts, phone calls, did not hear anything. And both of them called me back and said, listen, that's so weird. We both have our phones on vibrate. We have our phones on the loudest ringer you can possibly have. And we both did not hear anything any of that. Little odd, little too Mercury retrograde for me. (laughs) The next morning, Silk, one of our moms or one of our mom cows, she is Tyson's mommy. She is sitting at the top of the pasture, just scream mooing. I mean, I'm sitting here doing my work inside and all of a sudden I just hear her freak out. Like finally I go outside because they said, okay, something's wrong. She's not mooing because... I don't know. She just wants hay or something. She's something's wrong. So I go outside and she's at the top of the pasture where I'm telling you this cow can see everything. 
And by the way, cows have pretty good vision because at night they actually see pretty well from what I can ascertain. But her baby, Tyson, is down in the corral, which she can easily normally see, not a problem. And he's down in the corral. And by the way, Diamond and Silk, who are two moms, if they're like deer. So if they feel that their calf is safe, they will leave their calf somewhere and then go into the back pasture and eat grass and come back. They do this all the time with the corral. So the fact that Tyson's sitting in the corral and it's not anywhere near them isn't a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Silk screaming, mooing her head off. And I finally realized that she doesn't see Tyson. And I'm sitting there going, how do you not see your calf who you can easily see? Nothing's wrong with her vision, by the way, guys. This is not how it's going to end that something's wrong with her vision. Nothing like that. So I have to push (laughs) Tyson out of the corral, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is because he's trying to go back into these chutes and I have to push him out and it takes a little bit. And I finally push him out and then she sees him and she runs down the hill and she's licking him and she's fine. She has not moved after that. So I don't know what's going on, but the animals have definitely just gone crazy. Later that day, I went to visit my local government office and the woman who was working there, she asked me how I was. And I said, "Ugh, I'm good, except for all the animal drama. And she said, wait a minute, what animal drama? So I tell her. And she said that her normally docile sweet horse had bit another horse down to the muscle, just out of the blue. She said, out of the blue. She said, it happened Saturday night. Uh, She had to call out an emergency vet. And she contacted her animal communicator because she has one too. I thought that was really funny. And she said, I have no idea what's been going on. The past few weeks, animals have been acting so strangely. And I said, okay, it's not just me. And she said, no. I showed her the picture of the cow. And she said, wow, it's just... (laughs) it's not just me, it's all these things. And even today, and today is the last day of Mercury retrograde, I saw a very strange colored frog I have never seen before on our farm. And I took a picture of it. And I was able to get very close to it. And it didn't move because I was probably scared because I was there with my dogs. I showed it to my husband. and He said, Oh, wow, that's a strange frog. I said, Yeah, it is a strange looking frog. Uh, And then the other day too, I almost hit a groundhog, which I normally don't do those things. The groundhog was fine. It's just been very strange. The animals have been, I don't know, just a little bit too much of a zoo here (laughs) happening. So ever since all of this has been happening, I feel like I've been experiencing life on a different level. Tracy Shannon, she said that I've stepped into a new vibration. I'm on new frequency and that I feel like the universe is pushing me to see more things. Okay, so here's another part of this story. I've been going to an ophthalmologist, same guy, for three years. Every time I go, he wants me to get this certain eye surgery done. I do not qualify for LASIK. I do not qualify for the step up called PRK. The only thing I qualify for is something called a clear lens extraction. It is cataract surgery without having a cataract. And it's complicated because there's so many steps to it, or I would say leading up to it. And then on top of that, um, it's expensive. It's not covered by insurance. 
So it's expensive and that's why no one does it. It's because you hear the price and you're like, uh, but I budgeted for it. So <laughs> it's, the, it's the only way. So finally, after three years of him telling me this, he said, listen, you wore hard or gas permeable contacts for 20 years. You hated it. You got put in soft contacts. And he said, now you're starting to level out of soft contacts. If it keeps getting worse, I can't keep giving you soft contacts. And now you're back to where you started. So he said, I really want you to go for a consult. Again, the surgery is a lot of steps and it's a lot of money because you're paying for those consults each time you go as well. So I had to get a consult from the eye surgeon. And then after that, I had to get retina clearance. So I had to go to a retina doctor, a retina specialist. Let me tell you, I would not wish that exam on my worst enemy. It was hell. <laughs> I won't go into it because it's pretty gory. <laughs> it wasn't good. So you're paying for that, right? That's another step. And then on top of that, I went to oh, I have to go back to get the measurements for my eye. They have to do measurements for my eyes so I can't wear contacts for two weeks. I'm in these thick, ugly glasses because my frames can only be grinded down so much and I, I only have an option of like two frames because my glasses are so thick and that's one of the reasons I can't get LASIK or PRK is because I'm nearsighted, I'm farsighted, um, my astigmatism is terrible. Most people, when they have an astigmatism, you're talking negative one to negative six. I'm a negative 12. I don't think it's a coincidence that when I was being sexually abused at a young age, that my vision kept worsening and worsening. And I would have vision headaches from ages four to six when that was happening. So I think that I just didn't want to see. And unfortunately, it gave me horrendous vision. So now this is hopefully the only option I have and I have, oh, and then you get the other step. You have to get cleared by your physician to then get the surgery. So you see all these steps and all this driving and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and also I didn't even say this, you have to find an eye surgeon who does this. A lot of eye surgeons will not do clear lens extractions. Why? I don't really know. I think a lot of it is because people just, they're not willing to do it. And it's a waste of time for them to get trained in it. Maybe that's it. I would have to ask my eye doctor. I am just guessing here. I, I have no idea. But then you have to find a, an eye doctor who will do it, which is usually in a major city. So if you don't live in a major city, then there's the expense of, okay, I have to do all these appointments in this major city. I think you guys get the point. <laughs> so there's just a lot of steps, a lot of money, a lot of things that have to be done. I have made an appointment to get the first eye done in mid-June. So that's exciting. We will see how this all goes. Usually with cataract surgery or any type of surgery with the eye, they will do your worst eye first. But in my case, they're doing the best eye first because they want to see how this goes. So it's kind of crazy. It's kind of a risk. It's... <laughs> It's a, it's a big experiment. So we're going to see how this all goes. I picked a phenomenal eye surgeon. If I wanted to, I could have gotten this eye surgery covered by insurance, but I chose to go to an out-of-pocket facility because the surgeon is so good. I said, you know what? I'd rather put down thousands and make sure my, visit, my vision is good <laughs> than not. Another part of this with the eye surgery is I've been obsessed lately with Deep Space. It's a TV program on Gaia TV. If you guys haven't watched it, it's awesome. You have to watch it. It's all about aliens. <laughs> and they were talking about how 
mainly the greys. Those aliens, they have, and the greys are the aliens that we see on movies and TVs with the big, and TVs, and TV with the big eyes and, you know, the normal type of alien because there's different types, which I'm going to go into at some point, all the different types of aliens. But so the greys have vision that is like a pinhole lens in their eye so they can reflect light in the right way. So apparently their vision is extremely good. So it's really funny because for the left eye, my left eye, they want to possibly put in this pinhole lens, which is new. And I don't know if I'm going to do it because it only has a 60% success rate, which freaks me out. I mean, that's not good. (laughs) Not when you're talking about your vision. So that's a decision I have to make down the line if I want to do that or not. I probably won't. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, wow. And, you know, I've talked about how psychics have told me that I'm not fully human and that I'm half alien, all that. And, you know, I think all of us are in this metaphysical world. But I just thought that was something that was a little little too fun. Now that I've been confronting and releasing a lot of trauma and conflicts, especially within my body in the past couple of years, I feel like I can finally expand and grow And that the universe is pushing me to do this on a higher, more expansive level. So hence, all the time slips. You know, what's going on with the animals? I I may be not happily connecting (laughs) with the animals, but I'm connecting with the animals more. And Tracy told me, you know, you really need to communicate with the animals because they like when you communicate with them. And Also, you need to tell them your expectations. When Craig is gone, this needs to be peaceful for me. If you want something, that's fine. I will get it for you. I will do whatever you need, but you need to tell me in a calm, peaceful way. (laughs) So, and she said, you know, a few days before Craig is gone, say, Craig is going away. Please, I'd like to have a peaceful stretch of time when he's away. So good to know. I plan on doing that. Also, on an even just a more human level, I feel like I'm expanding. I would never think of doing this surgery three years ago. Never. I was like, eh, I don't think so. This is too much. And I tried to do pinhole glasses, which help your eyes focus correctly on the light, which is supposed to help your vision. And I realized after trying to wear them, I said, it's going to take a freaking miracle because <laughs> my vision's so bad. I can do this after the surgery, but you know, it's not going to, all of a sudden I'm going to see 2020. That's not going to happen. There is that push from the universe to start seeing the best I can in a very much a human form. So I find that really interesting as well. And I just keep getting these signs. And then I had another sign with all this going on where I keep being connected with the right people for my writing. And that's been great as well. I, For example, I contacted a nonfiction literary agent who I'm going to hire to look over my nonfiction book proposal before I send it out to anyone else. And she's been amazing. And she responds right away. So to have, and this was before I I even asked, you know, if I could hire her, it was nothing about money. We just, we had met in a conference, we really got along and she remembered me and she really liked me. And, you know, just all these things are falling into line. I feel like I'm adjusting to a higher frequency and I'm learning what that means. And I'm learning to go with the flow, which is really tough for me 
it's it's my toughest life lesson so far. One of my toughest, I shouldn't say that, but definitely it sticks out because my goals for 2023 were to get shit done. And I feel like I'm really getting shit done. I feel really confident in that. But letting myself go with the flow, that's been something that uh, haven't been doing as well. It's universe telling me, okay, you're not going to embrace this. We're going to make you embrace this. And I want to ask you, are you receiving any signs of being pushed to elevate your vibration and to raise yourself to a higher frequency? If so, don't ignore them. It could be on a spiritual, metaphysical level. It could be on a very human level, but don't ignore them. I had someone on my podcast, not for this one, for the UC podcast, which is coming up. It's a great episode on German new medicine, which I may talk about on this podcast because it's so good and she did such a good job. But she was talking about all this crazy stuff that happened at her work where I truly believe it's just the universe telling her, nope, you got to go. This isn't your path. Your path is to be a healer because she is a healer. And your path is to be a light worker. And what you're doing right now, we need you to help others. And you're not going to leave. We're going to make you leave. Look for the signs and see how to, as Del Sol Etienne likes to say, see how to answer that call. I just want to say last thing is if you have gained knowledge and insight, anything that's valuable to you in all of these episodes I've done, please consider donating because donating really helps me. And you can donate through Apple Pay, PayPal, credit card. I have Venmo now. Any of these ways really support this podcast. I have a donation link in the show notes. So it's really quick, really easy. And you receive my metaphysical TV guide for free. If you've already donated and you've received that, then I will give you something else. No, you can ask me a question and I will answer intuitively over email, something like that. And I'm happy to do all that for you. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground. 